This is The Guardian. Please be aware that today's episode contains some swearing. I'm Grace Dent and this is Comfort Eating from The Guardian. A podcast where we pay homage to the lesser celebrated foods in life. Because even as a restaurant critic, I believe the food that matters most is often that snack you cobble together when you're curled up on the sofa. Each week, I ask my guest to lift the lid on what comfort foods have seen them through their lives. Because you can tell a lot about a person from what they eat behind closed doors. Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello friends. In the spirit of today's guest, you find me preparing a little light lunch which prioritizes pleasure. And I've settled on a snack that one of my favourite comfort eating guests, Deborah Meaden, she taught me this. It's a vegetarian sausage and I'm smearing it liberally with Marmite. Yes, I know it sounds strange, but it is the ultimate umami hit. See, Deborah went much heavier. She went much heavier. It was like ganache icing when she had it on because that woman... Is a machine. Today, I have singer-songwriter Self Esteem, aka Rebecca Lucy Taylor, coming round. Now, it's not every day that you have a bona fide pop diva sitting in your living room. I'm definitely going to have to put a pair of heels on, aren't I? Her songs are like a rallying cry that you can power dance to even when you're on your own. And one fan even tweeted that listening to self-esteem made them feel like they could run through a wall. I've just renovated, so I'm hoping there'll be none of that. But that is the kind of energy I am expecting from this woman. Self-esteem's breakthrough second album, Prioritised Pleasure, shook the music world in 2021. But Rebecca has actually been in the business for over 15 years. And with lyrics so raw and relatable and hilarious, I feel like she has lived a lot of life to get to this point. So I can't wait to find out more about her and see what comfort foods have seen her through. From her hometown of Rotherham, to the red carpet at the Brits. I'll eat this first, though. Rebecca Lucy Taylor, self-esteem. Welcome to Comfort Eating. Can't believe it. Milestone moment for me, this, Grace. Thank you. Do you know when you came to the front door, I opened it and I did that thing that people do to me. I grabbed you and I hugged you. <laughs> And halfway through the bosomy hug, I thought, I don't know this person. 
I loved it. I loved it. I need warmth where I can get it. I've been lonely my whole life. Now I've got all these friends. Now, I've got, now everyone in the world knows You're me. my friend now. Never be alone again. Uh, but no, yeah, it was fine. Don't worry, I loved it. I love your Instagram. Oh. I think that it's a treasure trove of British icons. Kerry Katona, Saran Jones, Haley from Coronation Street. I've not been on there yet. Not yet, but rude. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Trust. As you sit in my living room, which UK hun are you channeling today? Oh, Matt. I've actually got my um, Hesman Hogg, oh. Lancashire and Jones shirt on. Oh actually, I'll get one sent to you. Oh, my God. Because you know those Beatles t-shirts? Yes. Or like Oasis t-shirts. And it's just like the guy's names and I, <laughs> I just always thought they'd I just hate them yeah. <laughs> what, what, I, what I want is a TV actress yeah. t-shirt t- nothing nothing is more important to me than the ascension of soap stars to BBC <sighs> drama stars <laughs> it's like my specific thing I'm most into I love that you've come in and talked about your t-shirt and not mentioned that you've got a, a sky blue jumper with sex house written on it <laughs> as if that's as if that's I don't just know why it says that a either. common, a common and perfectly regular fashion item. Something has been happening to me because I've never had any money, right? And like, I'm making a tiny bit of money now. So, and I don't have kids or anything or, or, you know, I don't know. I don't have anything to spend it on really other Look, than stupid jumpers. You're talking to the queen of this. <laughs> Absolute mode. This is, the, that's the mode I live in as well. I get like high off it. I like <laughs> see something <laughs> on the internet and then I'm like, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Door. Yeah. Here. yeah, it got yeah. really bad. It's got it's got really bad. Because I should save some of this money for when my yeah. career's not going so well. Wow. But here we are, setting a stupid jumper that I bought with my money because I made it. I am so excited to see what a pop diva like yourself eats when she's home alone. So today I'm bringing you my favourite. Oh my gosh. Which is a cheese toasty yeah. with white onion on white bread with salad cream as a sort of dipping sauce oh my gosh can you hear my mouth and i've not eaten today which is rare that's how bloody busy i am and i am truly beside myself for this this looks so good first of all can i say that it's beautiful it's it's the fact that you've done a dipping side of salad Mm. cream not messing about or let's go in let's get in there it feels (laughs) it feels like it's it's like This is really, this is a niche sexual thing for people. Northern women (laughs) eating carbohydrates. Mm. Oh. (laughs) Okay. When would you eat this? I love that this, the specificity of alone. I have one of my notes in my phone was once I just want some alone time with a buffet. Like my dream is a buffet, but no one's (sighs) witnessing me at one. I love a white onion. Raw, raw, I could eat an onion like an apple. I just find it, you know, as you get older, you, I think your tongue dies off a bit, doesn't it? So onions, pickles, jalapenos, all that now. I think I'm with you with the other things, but eating an onion like an apple, <laughs> no. that, that's that's the work of a psychopath, isn't it? That's when, <laughs> that's, that's one of the tests. Mmm, <laughs> this is delicious. Yeah. I have them, yeah. but I could. You could. I think so. <laughs> Paint me a picture of what it was like in the Taylor household when you were growing up. Were meal times important? 
Yeah, it was definitely a, everyone sat to the table thing. My dad would get home like 5.25 and tea was on the table kind of thing. And Always 5.25? I feel like it was, like a really evocative feeling of, because oh, I did the pandemic back there with him because I was in a flat share with no garden. I was like, oh, I'm getting out of here. So I ended up like living with my parents for a year, basically. And the sound of my that the car coming onto the drive and this very specific rumble yeah. <laughs> and the sonics of that just does something in me, which is like, I'm excited. And I was like, am I excited because dad's home or am I excited because it's dinner time? <laughs> both. It's a big both, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, 5.30. My parents were, weren't strict, but they were, their, their parenting was very uh, structured and there's a right way to do things. And that's why I'm like this, I think, because I'd be like, why do you have to do it like that? You know. So your dad gets in at 5.25, dinner's on the table at 5.30. What are you having? There was a lot of like stew, you know, good hearty British stuff. Yeah. But then sometimes there would be like fish fingers, chips and beans. Like I love that. Again, there's nothing much more delicious than that. I don't think. I think we had like pasta, but late on. Like <laughs> <laughs> pasta became, you know, pasta bake. That's stodgy, um, that brick mm, of, of, of pasta, pasta bake, what with tuna in it. Yeah, tuna sweet corn. Do you know what as well? I will do that. If I'm hungover and alone, I'll do a big, like there's no bounds to how much pasta I can eat, especially if it's like cheesy tuna, sweet corn, dolmio, you know. I love a jar. <laughs> I've made, you know, I've reduced things. I'm, I'm quite a king cook. Yeah. But then, yeah, ultimately nothing. The dolmio like white sauce. Jar. Oh my God, delicious. Mm. Could spoon that in. Could dip the pieces <laughs> of the onion in that. You went to live with your parents in lockdown, but when you were little living with them, did you get on with them? Were they good fun? Are they? Yeah, they are. They're, yeah. My parents are really shy though. And like oh. very un, but flamboyant. And I've always been like this, which has been... Like you do therapy, right? Mm. And then you're like, yeah. they were amazing parents. They couldn't have d- done anything differently. But no matter what, just growing up is hard and adapting yeah. and being. There's that part of therapy, I guess, depending on how you do it. But like, there's a bit where you start to sort of understand why you behave or, or why things might have been difficult. And there's like a resentment, a tiny bit of resentment that I was like struggling with. And But like going home and living with them in yeah. a global crisis. It's like real exposure therapy, I guess, to like, and we, you know, my family don't talk. We don't talk about things. We don't, you know, no yeah. one sort of shares how they feel. And obviously now I'm full of that. <laughs> so I was like, no. sorry guys, we're literally legally have to be around each other and I'm going to, but it's been beautiful, you know, yeah. and I and I sort of cherish it because they finally get me, I think. They see that um, I've always been a performer. I wanted to do all these things and they've always supported that, but with a real air of like worry and um but it, I, th- I think it was tough for them because I'm a lot, you know. What do you do with that? <laughs> I like being a lot. Yeah, me too. Now I'm making like a living out of it and buying stupid jumpers with it. But for a long time, it was very frustrating for everyone around me. <laughs> Richard Burton said about Elizabeth Taylor that she was just a bit bloody much. And I think that's amazing because yeah, he kept marrying her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but also like now I realise... Certainly my 20s, like, I wasn't actually being that crazy at all. I just wasn't in circles with other people that were like me. My my yeah. bestie now, we only just met a few years ago, and she had this psychotic 20s in London at the same time I was having them, but we'd never met. And she felt very, you know, if I'd have met her, maybe. Yeah. I was like, there were people out there, and now, especially with my music and stuff, like, people responding to it like they do. I'm like, oh, 
So I'm actually quite normal if you what if you want to figure out what that means, but there's loads of people that feel like I do. Hang on, so it feels like when you were a kid you had loads of energy that you were yes. trying to is burn off, am I right? Is that Yeah. Basically everything I ever it was like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what will stick. But in terms of what I ended up being, there was yes. a, there was a phase where I was really good cricketer and I was like South Yorkshire ladies could have wow. been a cricketer. Like I could have. <laughs> no, I can see that. I would. I, I played tennis. I did amdram, like obsessively did amdram. I, anything. I, I just wanted to do everything. But yeah, I just wanted to be involved. Life was like, and still is like, why won't you just make something with it or do something or every, like if I went to someone's house and they had a conservatory, I was like, okay, this is backstage and the patio is stage. You know, right. like anything with four, um, you know, a corn, a proscenium of any description. I'd turn, in my brain, that was a stage and that was to be used. And when I was a kid, I think it was a mixture of Spice Girls and stuff and like, that's what I want so Which badly. One? Well, I'm Mel C head, obviously, but then I'm yeah. queer. So I was like, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, Jerry really captivated me as a <laughs> yeah vibe. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, I, I think Jerry was maybe my favourite. Just, Jerry always seemed like the odd one out. I, I think there was a sense that they all never really liked Jerry. Am yeah. I being horrible? Well, I don't there? know. I don't know. It's like me and my vibe. <laughs> No one like me. <laughs> oh but yeah, I remember, I've got this memory of lying in my childhood bedroom and you can remember when you'd get up for school and it'd be like freezing, yes. like painfully freezing. And my yes. dad had not, and I must have been 10, 11 or something. I didn't want to get out of my bed. And this was really rare in my, there's no spontaneity in my family. And that's why I'm obsessed with like, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> I'm obsessed with like committing to the bit, even if it's quite annoying <laughs> or not going to really work. Um, but my dad came in and was like, I've got a surprise for you this morning. And I was, I must've been half asleep. I really vividly remember this, looking at my Spice Girls poster. And I was like, imagining my dad coming back in and sticking a picture of me onto the poster and saying, you, you're, they've asked you to join the Spice Girls. And vividly, that's what I thought this was going to be. <laughs> and I still remember and he came up and it, it was a bacon sandwich which was we don't didn't have bacon sandwiches you know we had cereal that was a surprise <laughs> I just remembered that now live on a podcast but yeah so I kind of want to do it you know like you me bum bum trainer like a make a wish thing like if if someone somebody out there one day if you can sort it that one day I wake up and you stick a picture of me onto a survival skills poster I'll ascend <laughs> What a journey I went on in that story. I know, me too. I, I can't believe like, it. But I really, yeah. I was like, and then he came and in then, and they was like, oh, maybe the Spice Girls? And it was, and it was a bacon it was sandwich. A bacon sandwich. And that was a surprise to be fair to the guy. <laughs> it feels like when you were at home when you were younger, there was a definite schedule around eating and what you ate and when in a lovely way. But were there ever times where you just kicked back and went a bit mad? Tuesdays, right, with brownies. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't really remember, the, I might be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure, I think my brother was at something, my mum must have been at something. And, and then it meant that my dad was in charge of getting me sort of fed and two brownies. And I, lo I love it now, when because my mates have got kids and stuff now, and I'm like, you see them do their, like, sell sell something to the kid as, like, normal. Do you know what I mean? And my dad, and what I see now is, like, I was definitely sold this like Tuesdays I get to eat toast and honey in front of the telly. Yeah. And I was like, woo! <laughs> you know, that was a <laughs> treat. Now I'm like, actually, 
<laughs> I'm sure my dad was like, oh, this is bad parenting. We shouldn't <laughs> But um, yeah, Tuesday night, toast and honey was, I just put, put it on a cardboard box and get as close to the TV as possible. And I assume everyone was just so busy and so much was going on. It was just like, no rules left. It's like, fine. She can sit as close as she wants. Get the toast in, I get it to brownies. You've got your toast. You've got your honey. What were you watching on telly? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. Awesome. Who else was looking after you when you were growing up? Was it just your mum and dad? Uh, yeah, I mean, nan and granddad, my mum's parents were a big part of my life. They lived like down the road. And right until, you know, they've only just died in the last few years. I had this dreadful breakup in 2012 and <laughs> I had to move home. I was really skinny. Like that was my, you know, my little, the first time I was like, stopped eating and all the rest of the things oh, that so happened. Like the, the split up diet everybody. is just yeah. like, yeah. And I went on a coach trip with them for like four days oh, <laughs> with my nan and granddad and loads of other old people. Where did you go? It's like Scarborough and Filey and I loved it. And I made a little little film about them. And I'd not been eating, but it was this hotel where it's like breakfast, lunch and dinner set. And, yeah. and it was so like sort of school dinnersy, and yeah. I loved it. And I just like, oh, <laughs> I just like ate loads with the pensioners for a week and it really... It's oh, a turning point for me. No, when I look back, some of the happiest times with my mother was when she would, even like, in, you know, this is just quite recently, you know, before she died, she wanted to go to Blackpool and she oh, wanted yeah. to do that. Yeah. Three meals a day. Yeah. Coach. It, it, coach? It, well, we would go down and just stay in some hotel. Yeah. Three meals a day. Exactly. School dinners. Yeah. Kind of delicious. So delicious. I loved it. Turned around that phase of my life, actually. Back in the day, when I was a kid still, I they had this mate called Eileen who had a car and Eileen, me and my nan and granddad would, I guess they were just going to like Big Morrison's or something, but oh, it was a yeah. bit of a, tr- for, again, it was like pitched to me as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> and because I was just such an enthusiastic kid, I was like, yes, Morrison. <laughs> and we'd get, and I remember they would get me a pasta salad, those pasta salads with grated carrot and sweet corn and yeah. lettuce. I'm was this from the Serve a... Yourself bar? Yes, yeah, yes. it was. The so market. The mo- you know, they did like faux market in Morrison's. I, I, that like, was exciting. It's like suddenly you turn a ro- you take a right in Morrison's and you're in this kind of weird like faux Set. Victorian marketplace <laughs> I love it. with ye olde sausage yeah. rolls. I love it. Anything like that. Yeah, even that felt like a, wow, <laughs> like a set of a movie or something. Yeah. So yeah, I used to, that, that's a memory. I mean, Nan was really, you know, she was amazing at baking, like proper. Yeah. She would make these scones and like, it's quite sad. I'll never taste a scone like that again because oh. no one can do it like she did, you know. I know. It's still quite hard She for my mum, I think. And, mm. I, and I think me being like, let's make the scones my Nan made would be a bit emotional for her still, but... She'd rather just not not access it for a bit yet, which is fine. I get it. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, access it, make an album about it, make a scone about it. <laughs> but, but my mum's generation is very much like, no, I'm fine. You know, it's very, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I have this with my family where I'm really, I know they think everything isn't for copy, everything isn't an experience that you should write about. We don't, we aren't your material. No, I know. And you're like, yeah, but you need to stop being so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want me to talk about the shit, stop doing it. Yeah, it's for, it's for, my mum really don't want a fanfare ever. And I want a fanfare every day for everything, every single thing I do. And I'm All like, right. yeah, like, thank you. I'm so busy at the minute. I'm, I'm like, if I do anything at all, I'm like, Medal, (laughs) hello. (laughs) 
did you sing when you were little? Yeah. I didn't sing or think I was a singer, but I sung a lot and danced a lot. I didn't sing till my GCSEs, because I'm a drummer, so playing the drums for GCSE music. So it's like learning, uh, reading music and quite boring, actually. It's not like, I wanted to play like Green Day songs and I had to do timpani to... Because you were into metal, weren't you? Well, like new metal, yeah. yeah. And then indie and that that pipeline. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I only sang then because I had this music teacher that was like, it's easier and quicker to get decent grades singing. So I just started singing show songs and then I guess that the addiction to that then was like, wow, you know, at school I became this like, wow, she can sing and I was the lead in the play and all that and might, yeah, that's what I got really excited by. What show song do you recommend that I learn that gets the maximum attention quickly? (gasps) Great question. I dreamed a dream. (gasps) I would say, I I was Fontaine in our school production of... (laughs) Lemmy's. And you know, she dies 20 minutes in, right? So the other two parts is Eponine and Cosette. And both of those parts were shared by two girls each, but I got to be Fontaine the whole time. And I would die, she dies. And I remember I put a beret on and come back on, literally instantly be part of the chorus, you know, the students. It's like the beret, like hid. What a dickhead. I couldn't even give it two scenes before I was back on stage. And I was like front center. I was just like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Guess who's back? Drink with me. <laughs> I mean, the beret is definitely. Bonjour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, the, to the mannequin. And I've just done a very moving uh, Dream to Dream. But yeah, I would say Dream to Dream is a good one. So during all this drama practice, what kept you going through rehearsals? I had this amazing music teacher who would stay really late and we we did amazing <laughs> groundbreaking things. But he'd stay late and we'd work really hard on the shows and stuff. And there was oh there's sometimes there would be this you'd stay right to like eight PM and there'd be a break where we'd go to the end of the road and get a pizza from the pizza takeaway. So which was grown like up. really exciting. Yeah, really grown up. So yeah. grown up. And we'd have Apollo fungi. A pardon <laughs> me. What? Apollo fungi it was called. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's no, no. like chicken and mushroom. Chicken right? and mushroom, the dream. Yeah. And that, you know, there was cr- pizza crust that's actually disgusting, like oily and not even taste of anything. It's like a very specific kind of pizza takeaway that's like, you know, it's not yard sale, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. But yeah, it was just very exciting. And it, the pizza was pretty not very good, but. Is there any we bad pizza? pizza though? Well, Is true. That's really... a good point. <laughs> so did you ever have anything different or was it always Polo Funky? Always Polo Funky. <laughs> Just laughing now thinking about Leanna listening to this. We'd be like, Apollo Fungi. We'd just say it to each other like that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. 
Plus, every single Borough order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at borough.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST. Okay, so we obviously know you are this powerhouse performer who isn't afraid to wear a statement piece on stage. Talk me through the evolution of your style as a teenager. Because I always see you as like somebody who, you know, just very confident to wear something incredible, to pick something off. I offer you done as a fashion person. Yeah. A fashion, you know? know I'm interested in fashion and I like it and it's fun, but it can also just be so horrible. Like and like, I've done shoots where nothing zipped up, and oh, I'm just like, look, it's ha- like it's dumb. awful. It's yes. funny, isn't it? Like I, I battle all the time with like, I could ha- I could hemorrhage loads of weight, and this might be easier. But also like, it's been important to me at, at this stage in my life to like, I don't know. It's hard enough work doing all the rest of it. Like, yes. and I think it's important to show body types like mine without it being like, I'm a without it being anything really yes like so when you were a teenager did did you just go down top shop and pick not up? even well yeah top shop used to be very relaxing to me yes. that big one yeah. i can't say it's on fast, but i like i'd always need, need a shit in, <laughs> in top shop this, this is where in this big... was your go for a shit of choice was in top yeah. shop which one the the, 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 the one, one in oxford, oxford street so, every time i would go in i'd be like Oh my god, I'm gonna shit myself! And I was like, just clothes relax me. Shopping right. for clothes. So it's like a whole new. I'd be like, <gasps> it happens every time. It still now if I go in like a nice big H and M or like if I'm clothes shopping, in in person, it's it's touching. Do you know something of all <laughs> the of all the confessional things that I had in mind for us to talk about? <laughs> That was probably never going to be on my list. But like, is it difficult when you get there and there's no bathroom? Yes. And that Topshop bathroom was awful. But the amount of like stressful queuing I've done in that Topshop. And I never got, (laughs) I never thought about it. And it would happen so often. And this clever girl I know, I was once talking about it. And she was like, I get like Waterstones. (laughs) So she couldn't go into Waterstones without feeling so relaxed. And she shit herself in the Waterstones. Oh my God. This is a thing. This is a thing. Mm. Yeah, I've been shitting See, myself in top shops for a year, many years now. And now it's quite sad. It's gone. So that I mean, to be quite honest, now I'm worried about what happens because that one is gone in Oxford Street. Yeah. Do you think it's because you blocked Very the toilets? Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like on the CCTV, it was like, oh, that blonde bitch is back. Can't Here she, she is. <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> Get the plunger. Philip Green. Oh, <laughs> don't know. I do love fashion. Yeah. But then I, I also... You know, the more famous or whatever you get and the more high-end it all gets, the more oh, s- s- mean it all feels. Yeah. I can't stand that. Um, we have reached out to so-and-so, but they've said no. And I'm like, all right, fine. Oh. Like, I can't start going down that road. What, for borrowing items? Yeah, like high fashion stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I guess, you know, I'm a 12 to 14 and that's big, you know, as far as they're concerned. And then I'm like, I haven't worked this hard for this long on my brain yes. to, to indulge in that as a thing. So you left school and then did you work when you left school? Yeah, so I, I took a year out to train for drama school because I didn't get in, get in any. Yeah. And I did have enough for uni, a uni place, 
Because I did like dead well in my A-levels, but I didn't care about that. I was just like, I just went to tread the boards. Yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't train for drama school and never auditioned again because that year I started a band whilst I was I was a phlebotomist <laughs> and I also was a teaching assistant for a year. Okay, phlebotomist, blood. Yes, so I babysat for some doctors who were in the Amdram scene with me yeah. <laughs> and when I left school I needed a job and they were like, oh, we need a phlebotomist. So like very quickly at 19 years old, I was confident enough to go and do that, I suppose. Taking blood? Yeah, I was taking blood out of people in a GP surgery. I loved it. Real beginning, middle and end to that job, you know. Do they, <laughs> do you still get a biscuit? Uh, no, I wasn't, there was no biscuits involved. <sighs> I know. I used to get very excited if someone fainted though, because you had to like <laughs> kick a, kick a bit of the chair and it would make the chair go, you know, to get your feet above your head. Yeah. Because I'm a dramatic bitch, I'll be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I, really uh, I really love them bits. Um, and I was like, thought of myself as a nurse, you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm very professional. Around this time, uh, you started the band Slow Club mm -hmm. with Charles Watson. So was music something you had thought of as a potential career before this point? It's a good question. I, I, at the same time as being obsessed with musicals and stuff, I was obsessed with bands and I was playing the drums and very, very much like define myself by music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a proper right yeah. arsehole probably, but really like <laughs> you've not heard of British sea power. <laughs> but then going home and listening to Destiny's Child, by the way, like I was all like <laughs> most of it was fake. Um, but yeah, I was yeah. like, there was, it was, I, uh, I don't think I'd thought of it as a career, but when we started the band, I had, we'd had one band before that. And we played some gigs and I suppose, yeah, I thought maybe, maybe I could do that thing where you're a band that gets signed. We were just, we're in a post-Arctic Monkey Sheffield at this point. And it's yeah. like, anything was possible. Like yes. you could be a global superstar and be from Sheffield. And it, it, so I think that definitely made me, pricked my ears up and made me think I could do it. But you're on the road all the time. Yeah, you must have been. horrible. Yeah. But at the time I thought it was really cool. Like van life or... Yeah. Van, van, uh, well, van. car, Ch Paul Charles's Peugeot 206 was getting us around for a long time. My first boyfriend was ferrying us about. My dad once took us up to Edinburgh. I was like, so embarrassing. <laughs> like, we were, I remember we had a manager and he was like, I've got you a tour of the bar flies. And that's, that's when I was like, okay, I'm not going to uni. Like that felt like, I remember celebrating getting that. And now I'm like, oh God. At the time it was big and felt really big and I felt really cool and it did feel But it was legit. cool. It was, but you now... Because this is it, you look embarrassed, but honestly, at that point, that is really cool. Yeah. Especially then, you're right. That Sheffield's indie era. It, yeah. Everything was possible and to be touring and it must have been massively exciting. It's not good for your health though. No, no. What were you it's, eating? Oh God. I mean, yeah, that becomes a nightmare. Because the well, guys can kind of eat, and well, this is a generalized statement, but all the men I was in bands with, like, we just like eat what they want and it didn't really matter. Whereas I'm very conscious of things like that. And the hot meals are, you know, an obsession. You you just go meal to meal because you don't know when it's coming from or how bad the environment's going to be. For me, it was like, if we had time to stop and have a sit down as the cafe, oh, that was luxury. The lasagna's there with a spiky salad. You know, that salad that's like fucking horrible and hurts oh, you. Hang on. And then douse it in salad cream. salad that hurts you. Yeah. 
spiky salads. Yeah. What do you mean? You know like those the leaves that are like... <laughs> yeah, the leaves that are like, oh, it's four leaves. It's glamorous, but one of them's a bit one like a thistle. thistle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a full You're like, uh, oh, this is really doing me good. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I will eat a whole trough of lasagna. But because of that spiky salad, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that salad is covered it. in salad cream. Um, I'm going to read some of your lyrics to you from your song, the three, four, five. Do you feel trepidation when someone's going to read lyrics like, to you? What the hell? Like, am yeah. I going to love it or feel yeah, really yeah, uncomfortable? Yeah, I know. Because I'm, I'm saying that because whenever anyone says, and I'm going to read a quote to you that you said, Grace, I'm like, shit. <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to read some of your lyrics to you. My stomach and my heart never align. I wish they'd communicate. And every single morning, look in the mirror and think, ugh, you again. <laughs> Uh, oh man, I feel that. I can't believe that made the cut, by the way. <laughs> There's a couple of lyrics on Friday's Pleasure. I was like, we can't, I can't get away with that. And then lo and behold, they're there. I think it's a very funny lyric, but it's I, also very real. I think the line, Ugh, you again, I get that. Yeah, I can't believe it's still me here. <laughs> and sometimes I, like, I looked in the mirror yesterday and went, I'm sick of seeing her. <laughs> anyway, you, you don't shy away from talking about the pressure to look a certain way. And you've talked about succumbing to that pressure yourself. What was happening at that time when you just you started to really not like the way that you look? And I know most women have had it who date men. That sort of, he was a bully. Mm. He was corrosive, mm. stealth, emotionally abusive. Or, you know, you're, you're being crazy, yeah. gaslighty. Yeah. You know, but I had no education about it. I didn't know. And then as soon as it, like now, I go... God, it's it's a you know it's like a genre of of person and and why don't you get taught about it in school like I now you know even if when they date people and they're even slightly like a, anything is a tiny bit towards that I'm like no I know what that means and I'm out like I don't well, need I a red flag I yeah. don't even need a red flag no yeah I'm like, flicker yeah, with a <laughs> tiny a thread of a yeah. flag See, <laughs> Off yeah. you go. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. I, and I'm proud of the sort of skills I've got in that department now. But God, it, I learned the hard way, you know. Anyway, there was this just environment of like, if I was skinnier and hotter, he'd stay, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. the girl he like cheated on me with and left me for it was like, you know, women that are teeny weeny. And that's mm. like absolutely fine. But like something I've never been. Even when I was a kid, I was big boned big becky like it's like the antithesis of me is what he glorified and so my brain just went okay nil by mouth let's go and like that might change things and it weirdly annoyingly was exhilarating that's what you know at first yeah. and the way people respond and the way people think it felt like suddenly i was a, a real swan, person you know or whatever yeah it's really i've had to unlearn it loads because now if a friend has lost weight i'm like don't fucking mention it. You never know why, or I don't know. It's complicated. It's I'm a really bit of a. Complicated. I'm a ball like still because some days I am like, oh, I need to sort this out, and then I'm like sort what out, and it's com. You know, it's constant. But my therapist recently was like, I've never really spoken about food with her, and she was just a bit like, 
you have to have it every day. So like it's, it, you never get a day off from that thinking about it. And that that's why it's, so I don't know. I feel good when I'm healthy and exercising and nourishing my body, but also I love, I just love indulging and I don't see the point of being alive without it. So I'm a bit like, if that means I'm going to be like a bit heavier than what a quote unquote pop star is, I'm going to take that hit. So as a band, you and Charles Watson, you went your separate ways in 2017. You rebranded as Self-Esteem. Shortly after that, you released your first album, Compliments Please. I love that title. It's very you, now I've met you. Oh my God, that is you. Again, that was another one I was like, I can't call you that and then, oh, I don't know, too late I have. Whoa. So Compliments Please, this is a really raw, direct, piece of work I mean how does that feel everyone I, I get asked it's like is it cathartic and I'm like yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it in the moment and I've been trying to figure this out myself <laughs> yeah I think I in my life I'm a Libra who is you know my we didn't talk about feelings much and 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 the MO of my existence on earth has been don't be any trouble <laughs> so that's results in my personal life is like I very rarely say what I fucking mean ever and I'm always shape-shifting or trying to be what you might want me to be and songs are the one place for a long time where I just said what I meant and they were under the cover of this might not be about you or this is maybe fictional or I'm repurposing this you know and 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 I'm seeing that now like I'm like getting high high a big fucking high off saying what I mean yes that's my best drug and uh yes that's what songs do. I think it's something like that. Catharsis, I guess, what's the def- definition? That like you feel better after it? No. But I feel excited by being true because I'm not. As a woman, I've been very like, whatever you need me to be, I'll be it. And like, I can sort of convince myself for a bit, but it always wills out. Whereas in songwriting has always been this safe place because... I've got this idea for like a hat that just says, I'll pay you not to be mad with me. Like that's how I've lived my life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I'll sacrifice, I'll literally pay you to that. make sure you're not mad with me. And when you live life like that, so and you could, but, but I can be as pissed off as I want in a song or as real or true or sad or pathetic or dramatic or too much. It all works well to music and if it rhymes, so. I'll pay you not to be mad with me. <laughs> I will. I love that. <laughs> your track I do this all the time but it went nuts in 2021 you've not it? had a day off since I'm dying <laughs> help <laughs> me honest, I'd rather be in an band with no I'd rather be playing flowery dress with a guitar desperate for an opportunity because that at least I got some sleep <laughs> I take that back I don't mean that, that answer it. was just incredible it was like <laughs> nipped in halfway through my please help me <laughs> I wish I'm I could have written it oh no, I know. It's been amazing, though. So you've got fans and celebrities suddenly telling you that these lyrics, they make them feel things, they make them feel seen. I'm going to read some lyrics. Brace yourself. Do you want to scat them, please? This is basically an audition. Just in case you're feeling sick one night. I just come on smoking a ciggy. Wasn't what you were expecting. Tonight, self-esteem will be fine. Perfect, let's do it. Let's pitch it. I can't resist. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Don't be intimidated by all the babies they have. Don't be embarrassed that all you've had is fun. Prioritise pleasure. Don't send those long paragraph texts. Stop it. Don't. Getting married isn't the biggest day of your life. All the days that you get to have a big, oh my God, do you know, yeah, that gets me. <laughs> Honestly, I could cry when I read that. Honestly, it does. It gets me. Oh, no. I don't, I don't, oh. I'm just one of those people that never yeah. cries, ever. Oh, but for some me. reason that really got me. <laughs> Do you know, that's just, don't be intimidated by all the babies they have. Yeah. Because it's, it's not fair, is it? No. No. Long. And all of it, though, don't send those bloody long paragraph texts. What's the bloody point? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I Two lines. Like, but yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah. I just think it's funny that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? You're fine. More. <laughs> oh. Oh. Right. Okay. There oh, was a darling. question here. So you've got this amazing. <laughs> oh, right. My heart's going. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> you've got... So you have got this amazing and intense fan base. How would you describe a classic self-esteem fan? Oh, man. Esteemer. <laughs> Has it got names? I'm trying to cultivate steamers. <laughs> you know what? It's so different every time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a classic, you know, women in their 30s who haven't got married and had kids are like, thank you. Yes. And I'm like, no, thank you for also. Because yeah. this plagues my life. Still does. My wiring is like, yeah, that's the what? The final furlong. And yes. if you don't get it, then you know, you've failed. Yeah. Still feels yeah. like that. And I hate that. Yeah. And there's, Lots of gay men, which is obviously heaven. And then there's like middle-aged men looking really guilty. <laughs> but buying loads. <laughs> so I'm fine with them. Just shiftily standing yeah. there. <laughs> That's the best one. The, D- the DMs yeah. I get from lads being like, it's made me think differently about what it is to be a woman. And I'm like, oh, that is where it starts a bit. Like, like if I date men and, and I explain to them what it's like, just be, you know, scary it is or how how much of your brain is daily taken up by should I be this I should be this I should be this if I was this I'd be happy and all that like some lads don't think like that straight lads don't think like that and they're like oh my god you know like I don't know I guess I just communicated that not with an agenda all of this record was because I was fed up and like it didn't work I went solo and it didn't work you know essentially I was like well it didn't matter then let's just do this and now it's Obviously, the second you stop trying. <laughs> exactly. Are you telling me you're touring right now? I just did a tour. My summer is festival. Oh. After fest- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend, pretty much. And it goes from like dad's barbecue to latitude to burlesque fest to... Because I'll say yes to anything because I've never made money in my life. So I'm like, how much? Yes. Oh God, yes. <laughs> There's no filter with me. Yeah. You can see me up and down anywhere yeah. if they're paying me. <laughs> If you see me at something right. a bit shit, just know they're paying me loads of money. <laughs> Babe, I hear you. I think if you do come from somewhere like Rotherham or somewhere like Carlisle, you can't believe that that chunk of money exists for someone like us. Yeah. You know, you've heard it's available, but when yeah. someone wants to give you it, it's... Yeah. But it's hard when they're trying, they're trying to like cultivate a career for you. Yeah. There's classism in music massively and a lot of people that are big are rich anyway do you know what I mean yes it's hard to talk about but like yeah yeah definitely I'm understanding it more and more now I'm like slightly in demand or whatever but people can't believe I'm saying yes to 
things I'm saying yes to. I'm like, well, I, that, the, me trying to have a vibe or to an outsider thinking, oh, she's doing well because she must, because all oh, this is happening. I'm like, I'm not bothered about that. I'm bothered about cash in the bank <laughs> in the moment and, you know, being able to do it for longer. It's be, never more real than when your, I see that. Your outfits when you're going to go on stage, like they're always so incredible. And so like lots sometimes. I'm awful about showing my body, you know, and like the, you are, you're really brave and just very like, I'm here. At this, when you're standing at the side of the stage to go on somewhere, is there ever a moment where you're just like, fucking hell, I can't oh, yeah. do this? Yeah, it happens a lot. The blood just drains out my body and I'm like, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't. Yes. What, what the fuck am I doing? No, you're too this, you're too that, your body can't do this. But then I really just like drilling into my like, it's a radical act then. To, to stand there in my leotard with thighs like mine, right? It's a radical act. Yeah. I give a fuck. Yeah. And even though I don't personally feel like it, I'd rather be under a bag sometimes. See why, you know, see it puts that bag on her head and I'm like, I get you. I see you, love. That's a, but it feels, that's when like the artist in me takes over, I suppose. And I'm like, no, like it's important and radical and vital that I don't get overwhelmed by age old bullshit that's, you know the patriarchy is putting in, into us anyway the idea that like your body is not a beach body or whatever you know that sort of thing like yes it is because it's on the beach like same with this it's like if I want to dress like that and I do sometimes I think you can't and that's when I know I should <laughs> yeah yeah you're on the road now with all women a lot of the time we've got so one man yes. we are one man in <laughs> Token man, token man. I always thought that would be a cool thing because for so long that I was in a band, all men and me, the girl, and having the girl was the uh, like cool thing. It still happens now. I see big artists have session musicians. They make sure there's one girl doing a tambourine or one tom drum. So it started out as a joke that I would have one man, and now it's stuck because he's great. <laughs> we love him, and sometimes we are like, "Mike, you lift this," and we're like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> I'll gender roll if I need to, yeah. if it's like a bin that needs taken out. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a favourite fast food on tour? Oh, McDonald's. Mm. We're, um, <laughs> what do you order? I get a nugget meal with a cheeseburger. Yeah. McDonald's in service stations. You know, this touch screen, the touch screen. Which they found out has particles of yeah. poo on every single one. Yeah. <laughs> so but you didn't do mention. all that, did you? No. <laughs> I don't get relaxed there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love that. that relaxed. <laughs> No, no. But you can add uh, extra gherkins, extra sauce, extra yeah. cheese on a on the pooey touchscreen. Okay. Do, so I do that. Once we were <laughs> possessed, we get possessed by the idea of it. And then there's this, we're driving somewhere and we went to one McDonald's. I'm thinking it was, I think it was Scotland. And it just closed. And he was like, oh, the one down whatever road is opened. We were like, this poor guy's paid to drive us. And we were like, no, we must drive. And we detour, went to the next one. You could only get a McDonald's by ordering through the app. So it was like seven grown adults in, in in a car park having done a gig. All of us trying to download the app quickly. Kind of. My my bassist guitar keys player, Galps, is a, she's an Aries and she's like top of the class itis and she's a lesbian so she's just like so horrifically capable and it's so adaptable for any situation she was like Dunk! like it was like her life depended on it we got the app we ordered it was this huge mcdonald's order it was delightful Weird. so i love to commit to the bit right that's my dream like and everybody in my band has that mentality and it makes for a really funny tour <laughs> 
self-esteem. Thank you for coming oh. with me. <laughs> I could stay here all day. Oh, no. Don't go out. <laughs> <No. laughs> Can I live here? Yeah, go for it. Should we make some more sandwiches? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. This episode of Comfort Eating was produced by Emma Roberts. The series producer is Leia Green, and the executive producer is Kathy Drysdale. Music and sound design is by Axel Cacoutier, and this episode was mixed by Solomon King. If you like comfort eating, please leave us a review. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And use the hashtag ComfortEatingPod to get in touch about the podcast or share your own comfort foods. This is The Guardian.